So beginning in our meditation posture, uh, it's fine to be sitting in a chair or on the floor. Um, but the, the point is you should be in a comfortable position. You can hold for 20 minutes. So um, if you're uncomfortable now, it's not going to get any easier. So be sure that you're in a nice, uh, a nice posture and um, that your cushion is high enough so that you're not... Uh, uh, I find that if I have knee pain or hip pain, that having a higher cushion really helps a lot with that. So we begin in the, the proper meditation position by um, first observing the sense of groundedness, noticing the weight of our body where it touches the earth. If you're sitting on the, on the floor, noticing that your folded legs create a sense of stability, a platform. If you're sitting in a chair, noticing your feet touching the earth, observing the, the groundedness, the rootedness, the stability of the, of the planet underneath you. The hands are resting loosely in our lap. There are many different ways that you can place the hands in meditation. Uh, the point is just that they're relaxed and comfortable. If you're um, sitting on the, on the floor, uh, a common way to hold the hands is just to have them resting on the thighs, neither too far forward so that they're not pulling you forward or too far back that they're pushing you backwards. Just resting nicely on the thighs. The spine is stacked long, like a stack of coins, the head is balanced on top, neither too far forward nor too far back, although the chin is slightly tucked. Imagine that a thread connected to the crown is drawing your, your head upwards, so your spine is long. The mouth is loosely closed, gently closed. The tongue is resting lightly on the roof of the mouth behind the front teeth. The shoulders are level, neither, neither shoulder higher than the other. And the eyes are not quite completely closed, letting a little bit of light in. This is an important antidote for dullness or sleepiness while meditating. So letting in just a little bit of light, but not looking at anything. As if your gaze is out towards the horizon, loose and unfocused. Next, we take refuge. We take refuge in the Buddha. By recognizing that 
there is a perfected state of consciousness. There's a state of consciousness that is without pain, without problems, always happy, always compassionate, responding to every situation with love and altruism. And we take refuge in the knowledge that our own cosmic evolution is leading us to this state. And someday that each one of us will be a Buddha, the Buddha. We go for refuge in the Sangha. I'm sorry, the Dharma. We go for refuge in the Dharma. The path, the teachings, the techniques to move ourselves along on this evolutionary process. We take refuge in the knowledge that there are things that we can do in our daily life, each day, each moment. There are decisions that we can make, ways that we can conduct ourselves that will accelerate our cosmic evolution we go for refuge in the Sangha, the support of our communities, the support of our families, the support of, of all of the beings who have undergone this process from being an ordinary person who's reacting out of habit into a being who is always loving, always wise, always caring, never selfish. That others have done this before us. They have left hints and clues and notes, extensive writings for us to follow. We generate bodhicitta by setting our motivation, remembering that we are all in samsara together and that the only way for us to become free as an individual is to focus on the liberation of others. That practicing meditation and placing our cosmic evolution as a priority in our life is the best way to help others because we are accelerating our own process to becoming a, an enlightened Buddha, a perfect teacher. Now we visualize our own enlightened being, our own holy being. This could be Siddhartha Gautama, the historical Buddha. This could be any enlightened being or avatar from any spiritual tradition. If you have a spiritual teacher, if you have a guru, then you should visualize your own guru here in their enlightened form, your own human guide, but in their ultimate evolutionary state. Visualize them in front of you, sitting in their own meditation posture. They're happy with you. They love you. They're so proud of you for making the time and placing the emphasis in your own life on cultivating meditation as a skill.
And when we see our, our own holy being, our own guru, we feel a sense of intense reverence and humility, recognizing that they have perfected themselves through the practice of the Dharma and naturally, spontaneously, effortlessly, we are inspired to bow ourselves before them in recognition of their, their Buddhahood, their awakened state. And we make offerings of the most beautiful things that we can imagine. A planet of peace and joy and love and abundance. We can offer them the most glorious flowers, precious gems, delicious foodstuffs, the most amazing incense and perfumes. Anything that you think of as valuable, conjure it in your mind and give it to your guru. Next is the purification. Think of something that happened today, maybe, or in the past week that makes you cringe a little bit. Some place where you could have, where you know now that you could have handled that situation better. Maybe you snapped at somebody. Maybe you just had a nasty thought. Maybe you were by yourself and somebody cut you off in traffic and you just felt angry at them. Just take a moment to remember that and recognize the, these are the four forces of purification. The first is recognizing that that action was not helpful, that that thought was not helpful, that thinking or behaving in a way that is unkind towards others, it hurts them, it hurts you, it slows down your cosmic evolution, it, it prevents you from responding with altruism and compassion. Recognize that that happened. I just simply acknowledge it. And then we cultivate a sense of regret. Not guilt, like I'm a bad person for having done that, but regret, like, mm, I wish I had handled that better. Next, set the intention that when a similar situation happens in the future, that you will restrain yourself. I'm going to try a little bit. I'm going to put a little bit more effort into not reacting that way next time. Um, set that for a limited time. Until the end of the day, I'm not going to think that nasty thought about that person. Make it reasonable, you know? Maybe it's just for until the end of the meditation, you're not going to have a nasty thought about a particular person who you don't like or whatever. But commit yourself to restraining for a, a window of time that you know you can keep. And then set the intention to remedy the situation. Maybe you need to apologize to somebody who you said something unkind to. Um, maybe you're going to remedy the situation by being a more patient driver on the commute to work tomorrow morning. And you'll let somebody else go ahead 
instead of competing for first place or whatever. So we recognize that the action was unhelpful. We regret it. We set the intention to not repeat the behavior and then we decide that we're going to do something to make up for it, some act of kindness to antidote the negative action that we already did. Next is rejoicing. Thinking of the goodness that others have done. There are many, many people in the world who are working very hard to make the world a better place for others. Maybe you think of the Dalai Lama Uh, a person who is on the world stage, an international celebrity who has devoted his entire life to teaching kindness and altruism and compassion and love and forgiveness, who has influenced many, many world leaders, who draws crowds of tens of thousands of people to see him speak. And he's touching the hearts of all of those people. He's helping the world, the world to be a better place. Think of the teachers that you know, people who work very hard to help their students to learn and to grow and to become better people, better adults. Think of your parents, all the kindness that they have shown you, taking care of you as a baby. Think of all the parents, all the parents who are trying to raise their children to be good adults. There's so much to rejoice. There's so much to be grateful for. There's so many people who are doing the right thing. It's very important that we remember that. Rejoice in your own good actions. Think of the times that you do some simple, nice things for others. Just bringing a tea or a coffee to somebody sharing something that you have with somebody else. Rejoice your own good actions. It makes them stronger and it strengthens the tendency to do more of that in the future. Remember the holy being, the guru who's sitting in front of you, meditating with you? They're so happy for your 
purification, the four forces. They're so happy for your rejoicing. They're delighted that you're making the effort. Request teachings from, from your teacher, from the holy being. Ask them in your mind's eye to help guide you along the path. Ask them to help you continually have access to the Dharma. Request that they stay in your life. Ask, ask them to keep teaching you. Because of your request, because you asked the teacher to stay, and because you asked them to continue to teach you, visualize that the Lama floats in the air, the Guru, the Holy Being, floats into the air, and they come to rest at the crown of your head. They shrink down until they're just a few centimeters tall. And they're sitting on their meditation cushion on the crown of your head. The, the love and joy that they feel, the spiritual pride that they have in the efforts that you're making fills their heart like light. And it overflows, fills their body. It overflows and fills your body. You're filled with the, the radiant, loving energy of your teacher of your holy being, your, your, your personal holy being, the, the one who's on your case, your guardian angel, your fairy godmother. And finally, the dedication. Knowing that the efforts that we're making here have a ripple effect that it changes your life and through changing your life it changes the lives of the people that you interact with and then all the people that they interact with and the people that those people interact with and so by cultivating the willingness to cultivate our own self-realization, the efforts that we make to become better people, better for others, more altruistic, more capable of compassion, more capable of love and patience and tolerance, continually increasing these skills. That you make an impact in the world. 
and set the intention that you will continue to make these efforts, that you will apply these things in your daily life. And that your goal is to help others. Dedicate.